Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining Bill and I for another Soul Talk. We're inviting you into our home to a conversation that we had earlier this week, and we stopped the conversation because we decided we wanted to have it with you. So, Bill, we're journeying with some pastors right now, some couples. One of them is a young pastor couple. He has a call on his life as a pastor. We believe that. We've seen that in his life. We see his, his heart, his gifts, the ways God's used him. But it's really a discouraging time for him in his life. Things are not going well for him and his ministry. He's had, He's been at some churches that have gone through really difficult times and it's had an effect on his feeling of success as a pastor, a minister. And then now just this time of waiting on the Lord and seeking the Lord and interview after interview after interview and lots of hopes and expectations and nothing coming through and his family's really suffering in this season of need and lack of structure and constant disappointment and discouragement and feelings of a failure even though they aren't doing anything that's that's failure or would be judged as failure there you could look at that i mean you could say gee that seems like they're they're doing so many great things and they've got such a good heart and it just seems so fruitless and it's discouraging and as i've been praying for them and feeling for them we also have been journeying with a, a couple that's kind of at the end of what feels like the end of their ministry call they've had decades of thriving ministry and lots of success and fruit and it's been such an exciting time for them and now they're in a season of a lot of loss and a lot of change and they're feeling a little pushed out in their leadership and not wanted anymore and dismissed and it it hurts and they weren't quite ready to let go and this came before they were ready and they're beginning to question and wonder what what does God have for us because we didn't feel done And yet it's clear that it seems like we're done here. And so as I was reflecting on these things and praying and just feeling for these these wonderful people that I love and know and I'm journeying with, I was reminded of my own life and seasons we've gone through, Bill, you and I, times when early on you felt called to serve God through your gifts as a writer and such desire and passion about that for so long and such years of feeling like a failure and having doors slammed in your face and feeling like your gift isn't wanted and doesn't matter. And we've talked about that before on Soul Talks because that's been a long, painful journey for you. And yet you've persevered and been faithful with your gift, even at times when it feels like it's been just into into this space of, of nothingness or um, not being used by God, not being wanted. And then I was realizing that that's a part of my story too. I'd never really identified my journey in that way. I'd, I'd been so identified with your journey in that way. And I'd been very identified with others journeys. And some of our favorite movies and stories have been stories that highlight this from people. I remember being in the bookstore in Oxford where C.S. Lewis went and we were there and we were looking at the collection of his books that they have there in a special part of that library. And we were reminded of, something that we'd read in a biography of Lewis recently, that he didn't expect his books to ever sell or be widely read or definitely didn't expect that they would last beyond his lifetime. And you know, here they were in this, this 
special place where they were selling for like a thousand dollars for an original copy of one of his books and and we love the Andrew Bocelli the movie about his life the sound of silence I think it's called and how he suffered the same season where he had this gift as a boy as a singer and yet he just experienced discouragement and ridicule and um Doors slammed in his face and insults and told he, he, he didn't have what it takes and he could never be a singer and discouragement after discouragement. And yet what we tend to do is we tend to compare ourselves for a singer to an Andre Pacelli and think, oh, he has it made. He, he has it, you know, if only I could be like him. But we, we miss all those years of his, his suffering, his lostness, his confusion, his discouragement, his depression, his shame, his doubt. Yet each one of us have a journey like that. And it was like the Lord just opened up my journey and showed me mine. And I flashed back to being in college and in one of my communication courses where I had to give a speech. And I gave a speech. Actually, interestingly enough, it was on personality, (laughs) which is so funny because we've got our book coming out now in September on personalities. And who would have thought that I would have the opportunity to, to speak and write about personality but apparently my fa- my professor did because after that talk, I remember just being absolutely blown away with his response to me, his feedback to me. And the thing that really struck me the most in his feedback to me is he said with a lot of passion looking right at me, God is going to use you in a powerful way in your lifetime as a speaker, as a communicator. And I remember that going right to the center of my being. I was so encouraged and there was a in my it was like my spirit leaped and said yes i want that oh if only that could be true yes and and i held on to that and i dared at times in my life i dared to believe it and i ventured out to to speak but i looked back and i remembered all the times that it was like the enemy came and tried to discourage me and shame me and steal that from me and cause me to doubt that that could ever be true about me I remember sh- taking uh, real courage to share that at a bridesmaid's luncheon with, with some close friends, and we were talking. We had all just graduated from college, and we were talking about our call, what we felt like God's call on our life was. And I dared to disclose that. I hadn't disclosed that because it was such a precious thing to mm-hmm. me, but I was afraid. I, I, I guess I was still struggling to believe it, even though I wanted to. Because I hadn't felt, you know, my mom was a very successful Christian speaker, and she trained Christian speakers, and and I w- I felt intimidated compared to her. How could I? And we were at a, a, a mega church growing up that had an international ministry of world renowned Christian spokespeople for the Lord, and they were so talented. And I to compare myself with them, I felt so inadequate, and like I could never could never be used in that way or would never have that that gift that they had or opportunity that they had. And then even my sister. My sister's such a talented speaker, so good, such a passionate Bible teacher and has has always had good opportunities that way. And I always felt like she was the one that was gifted in the family in that way. And so I, I diminished and was afraid to say that I would want that. And at this bridesmaid's listen, I disclosed that. And one of the women who's, who is a very strong-spoken, outspoken person, but someone who I really respected spiritually, just really rebuked me for that and said, you should never desire to be a speaker. The only people that should speak for God are people that can't keep their mouth shut because they have such a burning passion, they can't help it. And I remember just going into all kinds of shame about that and thinking, well, that you know, that's not me. And I guess I didn't 
you know, that, that when my spirit leaped, it must have just been my own desire and not, not a call from the Lord. And I kind of kept that quiet and went into hiding with that. And then, you know, early on as a young leader, a, a young co-pastor with you, women didn't, weren't, weren't really given a place with a voice. So you were the one that did all the teaching. You would teach on Sundays. You would teach on Wednesdays. You would teach at the retreats. And I would support you. And I would pray for you. And I would do some of the administrative leading or some of the people care pastor work. But when it came to the real teaching of, of God's word or the real encouragement through through speaking, there wasn't really a place for me in the church for that. Then in MOPS later on, I, I took courage again as I rose up in the MOPS leadership and began to do some of the teaching on mops, and I got attacked by another one of the speakers who was very critical of me and felt like I was signing up to speak when I should be signing other people up to come in and speak. And I, once again, it was that discouragement to me. Again, I guess this isn't for me to do. And then I remember we planted a church, and I was um, praying about what what kind of role in ministry on Sunday God would have for me, and one of the things I would enjoy doing. And I remember. Once again, taking courage to go to the pastor and to say, you know, I would really love to do announcements. That would be something that would be something that I feel I could do a good job at, and I would love to serve in this way. And he, he let me do it one time and said, I have some feedback for you after that. Didn't give me the feedback and never let me do it again. And I remember again just feeling like, yeah, why do I even think I could do this? Why do I even dare to try to think that God would want to use me to open my mouth and to speak any words? Um, and that, that kind of injury kept happening over and over and over again, where I would take a little bit of courage and I would feel so discouraged and feel like certainly that must've just been my professor's opinion. Maybe there was something special that day that made him say that, but that must not have been God's call for me because it, it continued to seem in my experience walking it out. And every time I dared to hope or believe or try to move in that call, that it wasn't encouraged, and the doubt continued to grow. And this, this is a story I, I've seen you struggle with as a writer. I've seen these pa- this pastor, this young pastor couple, and I often, for you or for him, I've taken courage from Moses and David and Joseph in the Bible, these, these men that God used in such powerful ways. But most of their years were in the waiting, in the mystery, in the... God, I thought you called me to be a deliverer to my people, and now I'm relegated over here in the desert for 40 years caring for sheep, Moses or Joseph. I I thought you gave me this dream, and now I've been, I'm serving in Potiphar's house, and now I'm in prison all these years. I guess this dream must not have been from you. Or David, anointed as a king, and then running for his life and hiding in caves and leading a a band of, of robbers and wild men and I, I guess it maybe it wasn't, Lord, your anointing for me to really be king. And I feel a little bit ashamed even comparing myself to these great men, and yet at the same time it felt it feels so true for me that there is ways that God has now in these last two years given me more opportunity to speak, to be his spokesperson. And I think, well, maybe maybe that was a call from God. Maybe what that professor said and what it felt like in my spirit was true. And these these decades and all these discouragement and all these times I felt the enemy come with his accusations against me, whether through other people or just internally in myself and my own judgments of fears and shame and inadequacy, 
uh, maybe my story's not all that different. Christy, I so appreciate you taking courage to share with our soul shepherding community your story and all the the waiting and the setbacks and the discouragements and and frankly just the attacks from the accuser Satan uh, just seeking to uh, snuff out your gift and your heart's passion to serve the Lord as a speaker because it's it's been a, a long road and and even 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 to this day even with um, the platform that God has given you and me with you here on this podcast I think something like six or seven years now we're getting near 360 podcasts and uh, going and speaking in different churches and organizations and sometimes uh, hundreds thousands of people and yet still it's hard for you to like fully embrace that that gift that that anointing that uh, call of God on your life as a speaker and so I encouraged Christy to share with with you who are listening because I know that so many of you are are in a point of of waiting for God's promises or the words of encouragement that you've received from the Lord or through people, waiting for those things to come to pass. And we all experience these setbacks in uh, using our our best strengths in our personality, our gifts, and the things that God has called us to do. Well, and even when we step out to use them, it's not like the discouragement stops. I've still, even though I've had more opportunities last two years, and I've been so enjoying stepping out and serving God through speaking what he's taught me and what he's given me to say, there's still times of discouragement. There's still times I hear the accusation of the enemy or I feel doubt or times when I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm good enough for this. And then, then there's surprises sometimes where God breaks through and encourages me. I remember being at a retreat where I felt pretty intimidated to speak up and I wasn't sure if God was using us. And I sometimes you can't read people's faces. You don't know what's going on in their hearts based on what you see in their face. And remember afterwards, one of the women came up to me and said, you have a real anointing on you. God is really using you and you're very, you're a very anointed speaker. And she says, but you know that. And then she walked away. And it was the funniest thing. No, I don't know that. I didn't, you know, it's not like I'm feeling that. It's not like you necessarily can feel that. There are times that we can feel God's anointing is really strong upon us, and we can feel and see how he's using us. And I love those times. One reason, because it's always so clear to me when I see that, that that's not me, mm-hmm. that that is the Holy Spirit at work through me. Or oftentimes maybe I'll feel it because I'll say something that I didn't think to say or that I didn't even think I knew. And then I hear myself say it, and I'm like, oh, that, you know, that was the Lord. That was his wisdom coming through me. He gave me those words. But this was one of those times when I wasn't feeling it. In fact, I was feeling quite insecure and quite intimidated by this group of leaders that we were speaking to. I was feeling very honored, but I was also feeling, I mean, this was new for us. This was a new reach for us. And so that was a real encouragement. And I, I received that from the Lord as well. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a process. It's a journey of ups and downs. And even as we experience more success in our area of calling and gifting and the work that we get to do to serve the Lord, there are still our setbacks. There are still our times of doubt. And uh, in terms of the spiritual warfare, we are under even more attacks as we have more influence. And so uh, wherever you are at, as you're, you're listening, uh, 
I hope that you have your heart open to the Lord, and I know that you do. And just trust that God is speaking to you to encourage you. Um, Christy, I think of uh, so many people who are journeying, journeying with us now in soul shepherding with a call to, to serve as a spiritual director or a coach, and all different kinds of people, uh, ranging from pastors to stay-at-home moms to uh, people in business to uh, students to missionaries, uh, all, all kinds of people with varying gifts and personalities and ages who have a dream uh, and uh, a sense that God is calling them to be a shepherd of souls, to, to come alongside people in significant conversations that are really life-changing for people to talk about their relationship with God, their, their sense of calling and their work and how they're serving the Lord, and to be that, that safe person for them who, who listens with empathy, who listens prayerfully, who, who is a, a source of discernment for them to hear God's voice and to be encouraged, to go deeper in their intimacy with God and to have uh, nourishment and strength in their souls as they listen to other people and guide other people and, and work with leaders to help them maximize their, their gifts and their potential and their, their reach for expanding God's kingdom. And yet all these different ranges of people, uh, they share in, in what you've been sharing in, in your journey of times of discouragement or, or my story as a writer and uh, all the years of waiting on God with that and, uh, and, and then writing uh, out into what felt like a vacuum in the beginnings of the internet and sending out a, a soul care devotional and not even knowing if anybody's reading. And, and you know, then it, it, it grows and grows. And then we've got more than a million people coming into our, our website every year. And, uh, but you don't know that early on. And then even when you're at the, the larger level of influence, even still, we get discouraged. And so we just want to speak right to you uh, who are listening and in your call, whether it's to be a speaker or a, a, a writer, uh, a spiritual director, uh, a missionary, a pastor, uh, leading uh, small groups, uh, turning your, your workplace into a uh, a mission for the Lord by inviting people into maybe a Bible study or just looking for opportunities to take somebody out for, for coffee or lunch and, and have a soul talk, uh, raising your kids, raising your grandkids. I mean, these are all wonderful calls from the Lord, and we, we want to make a, a difference from for, for God. But we get discouraged. We get discouraged. We do. It feels like God isn't for us much of the time with those desires, those heart desires that we have. I remember another thing that really encouraged me in my story, Bill, was Dallas himself, our mentor, Dallas Willard, saying that, you know, he wanted to, to speak for the Lord and not getting opportunities for that. And somebody saying to him, well, get your gun loaded and God will give you something to shoot at. And Jane said that to me when I had shared with her early on in my spiritual direction meetings with her that I had felt this call to speak for the Lord, but it seemed like it wasn't fulfilled and I was doubting it and I was feeling shame about it. And she had shared that story with me. And then just, just recently she had sent me a couple emails where she was really encouraging me and affirming me and that call to speak. And it, it, it meant so much to me because she's journeyed with me these last 20 years and some of, through some of the discouragement. And there weren't times when she was particularly encouraging me. And so the encouragement that I've been getting from her more recently on this area has, has just meant so much because I didn't know what she 
thought. It seemed like she was silent on that um, most of the time that we had been meeting together. And I think that's the other thing is just to realize that there are times when God does call us to just persevere in faith and to wait, even without any encouragement, even in those times when it seems like he's silent or those times when maybe we feel afraid or we feel doubt. Uh, maybe those are times like um, testings, times that are really where God wants us to be able to not be dependent upon the encouragement or him doing things for us, but wants to see us persevering and, and not losing our first call, which is love and faithfulness to him, which comes primarily before what we do. And we all eventually will, will lose that call for our giftedness of what we do, but we'll never lose that first call to, to love him and to be his beloved. And I see that with my mom now at the end of her life. She's grieving. She's missing opportunity to have the impact that she had as a, a Christian minister. And yet her first call of loving Jesus and being loved by him and her intimacy with the Lord, that has not left. And that includes all of her intercessions for her, her family, which now includes great-grandchildren and uh, the seeds that she has sown in her church. Uh, people come take her out for lunch because she's been a mentor to them. And so the prayers that we pray is the most important call in our life. The most important way that we can love other people is when we just secretly pray for them. And so the world doesn't measure output that way. So it's hard to see this, this substance and significance and the success that comes from just being the kind of person who prays for other people. Even while we are with them and we're listening to them or uh, see somebody and they come to mind and we just shoot up a prayer for them. Those arrows of love uh, uh, shoot on into eternity. Yeah. Those, those are wonderful. I uh, remember being so encouraged, Bill, you and I have been blessed that we were able to be very, very uh, personally know and up close to one of America's most successful preachers of all times. And I remember when he was in a nursing home, at old age, alone, a widower, his ministry had been handed off, his family had died and gone away, and he was alone in a nursing home, and his grandson would tell us about the ways that he was living his life at that season in the nursing home, and it was so inspiring, because he, he wasn't taken out and in a ball of depression and uh, self-pity and... Um, just reminiscing and living in the past or feeling angry that it had all been taken away from him. But he was, he was living his call in that nursing home. He was pastoring the nurses, encouraging yeah. them. Yes. And he was, he was loving the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and his neighbor as himself, even though his world had become very small. Yeah, and nobody knows that uh, probably about that pastor. But the Lord knows and all of heaven knows and it celebrates that even now. And so I just wonder if that isn't part of why we, we go through these long seasons that just, we feel so invisible. We feel so powerless. We feel so insignificant because it's not just about this life or our call or what we're to do vocationally or in ministry or spiritually. 
It's really about our character. It's about the kind of person that we become. And do we become the kind of person increasingly where we love God and we love our neighbor, the person around us, uh, in any situation? And that's the real fruit that comes from our lives. So as we close, Christy, let's let's just make some um, practical remarks here for uh, those who are listening and they're in this place of the, the waiting or the discouragement or the setbacks or feeling like, well, I, yeah, I don't know. Does God have this call on me? And it isn't always somebody young, like we said. It's it's somebody later in life because we, we have uh, different seasons of God's call that uh, shifts or um, comes into a different expression. Maybe every seven years or so, we, we come into a, a different um, word of guidance from God, a different position of how we can serve the Lord. And as we go through these periods, there there's, can be some destabilization in the transitions and, and some waiting and some discouragement. And uh, we might feel like we're, we're all used up, even though we're only 60 years old. And it's like we might have 20 years left to, to serve God. Or uh, in, in those times where we, we've raised our kids and now there's a, a space in our late 40s, 50s. It's like, okay, what, what, what's God called me to now? And so one of the things I learned from Dallas, and you were, were hinting at it with that, that idea of, uh, well, load up your gun and then you'll have something to shoot at. And the idea is loading up our, our soul, loading up our, our mind, loading up in our relationship with God. And so when before God called us to start soul shepherding, I uh, discerned that God had called me to be a spiritual director to pastors. And so... You might say, well, what, what did you do in, in response to that? Well, I prayed and I waited and I, I, I got a spiritual director for myself <laughs> and I started reading about spiritual direction and then I just took what I had, which was the conversations that I was having with people as a psychologist and as a pastor, two sides of my career, and I started incorporating what I was learning about the ministry of spiritual direction into those conversations. This was uh, 20 years ago. And I, I had no idea at that time that God would lead us to start a nonprofit ministry called Soul Shepherding and that we would be reaching hundreds, thousands, pastors, missionaries, other leaders around the world, that we would be leading a school of spiritual direction with 125 students in it You know, right now. I would have never imagined such a thing. And at the time, I just felt like, well, when am I going to get to do this? I, f- I felt like I was on the shelf and I wasn't really getting to do it very much and uh, and and then, I, I, one of the early uh, feelings of success I had was so interesting. I had just given the announcements in in the mega church that I was serving in, and uh, a pastor came up to me that was a retired pastor, and he said, "Wow, I, you know, I just really appreciate the ministry that you lead here in the church, training the lay counselors." And God spoke to me that I need to meet with you for spiritual direction. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. God has called me to be a spiritual director to pastors. Is this going to work? And so I, we set an appointment and he came into my office and I was listening to him and I was supporting him and, and uh, asking him questions and trying to be a good spiritual director to him. And we were about maybe 15 minutes into the conversation. I sensed the Lord speak to, speak to me and say, Bill, ask Jerry to be your spiritual director. And it, I, I was like, 
is that is that is that thought from the Lord? Could that be Lord? He wants to meet with me for spiritual direction, and I I'm enjoying this, and 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 just that nudging wouldn't go away that I was supposed to trade roles with him, and I thought, well, God, this is like really. Is this even like ethical? It's like, <laughs> he's asked to meet with me. And it's like, now I'm going to turn the tables on it. So it wouldn't go away. And, and so I just finally said, when there was a break, I said, you know, Jerry, this might just seem like off the wall to you, but I really sense that, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this, but I sense that maybe, maybe we need to trade roles. You know, I could really learn from you. And um, maybe the Lord wants you to be my spiritual director. He just lit up. And so we we changed roles, and it was amazing. I was so encouraged, and and then we, we we kept meeting, and he was so helpful to me. I mean, I don't think he even knew what spiritual direction was. He hadn't studied about that like I had. But he was a he was a pastor who was serving the Lord faithfully, and he had so much wisdom and so much uh, uh, soul uh, discernment and and knowledge and. Uh, he just, he lit up and that was the best spiritual direction I could have given to him was to let him be my spiritual director. And then he started doing that in his neighborhood. And yeah, he, I remember new- it igniting a whole new ministry for him, him saying he felt like he was that old paint can on the shelf and like God had taken him off and opened him up and flicked off all the old dried paint and stirred him all up and he was fresh and ready to go and how exciting and exhilarating it was for him in this new season now. And well, it ended that up, God was done with him as a minister. Right. And it ended up, even for me as a new spiritual director, it ended up being a powerful learning that, well, you know, being a spiritual director for the Lord is actually a very ancient form of soul care. It goes back to the days of the Bible, and we've come a long ways and learned a lot. Uh, we've A lot of what's happened in spiritual direction, especially in soul sharpening, what we teach our spiritual directors in our Soul Shepherding Institute is it's informed by Christ-centered psychology, but we can get too professionalized about our work as a spiritual director or a coach or especially a, a therapist. And there is a, a profession to regard that's important, but in the realm of ministry, which is how we teach spiritual direction, uh, it's more like pastoral care, and it's all it's uh, the organicness of it the naturalness the personableness the heart to heart the being led by the spirit we, we got to be careful about getting too professional too clinical too too formal too boxy about it because sometimes the spirit leads us in ways that are uh, are different than we would have expected and but but it's god's grace flourishes and it's god's best work that comes through us when we are open to what are the real needs of this person that I'm talking to and, and how is God guiding us? And then we talk that through with somebody. So yeah, it was a, a very powerful lesson for me that sometimes you just don't always follow the, the, the rules and by the book, but, but really think about what's, what's actually best for this person. Jesus, we're so grateful that you are the master spiritual director, that you're the one that's guiding each of us in our life and our journey with you. You are our soul shepherd. And so I pray for our listeners, Lord, those that are in seasons of confusion, seasons of doubt, seasons of waiting, seasons of loss, seasons where it seems like the things that they thought that you called them to maybe aren't, or they're discouraged. They feel useless. They're grieving. Or maybe they're in a season where they feel so motivated and so energetic and so excited and so passionate 
but the opportunities aren't coming. Lord, will you meet them? Will you show them that you see them, that you hear them, that you love them, that yes, you have called them, but that you would help them to trust you and to lean into their first call, intimacy with you, of strengthening their union with you, and trusting that in due time, your purposes will prevail in and in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 